Coming up on this week's Planet Japan. A well-dressed woman is shunned in Kyoto. And Nova reveals that it has a rather low opinion of Japanese people. Stay tuned for episode 69. English, we don't need no stinking English. Direct from Okayama City in the heartland of Japan, it's yet another episode of Planet Japan with Amy and Doug. Join them as they guide you through the wacky and the whimsical, the weird and the wonderful, from everyone's favorite planet, from sea to shining sea. It's time for another exciting adventure. And now, here's Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. Well, that's good. Tonight, we're doing、uh, something a little different. We're going to educate people how they can speak more politically correct. Because, you know, people are easily offended these days. And so, this will be a nice service that we can provide for people. Okay, great. Okay, so we're going to look、uh, at women and we're going to look at men and learn how to speak about them in a more、uh, acceptable way. Okay. Okay, why don't you、uh, start by telling us how we can talk about a man? All right. Now, when you're talking about a man, he does not have a beer gut. No. No, not that.、Mm. Instead, he has developed a liquid grain storage facility. Well, there you go. That sounds much nicer. It is. It's、yeah. almost respectable. Exactly. It、yeah. makes you want to go out and get your own beer gut. Sure. Yeah. Not, no, you mean your liquid grain storage facility. Exactly. Right. That's right. Now, if you're, if you're talking about a woman, and who hasn't, don't refer to her as a babe or a chick. Definitely not. No. You can call her a breasted American. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. But you'd have to add whatever nationality they were、yeah. then onto that. Breasted Japanese. Right. Breasted Australian. A breasted chicken. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> that is the most flavorful part of the chicken, however. Everybody knows that. Right. Yeah. Now, when talking about men, he's not a bad dancer. No, no, no. Instead, he is overly Caucasian. There you go. I like、He's、that. <laughs> Everyone knows Caucasians can't dance. Exactly. Right. He's overly Caucasian. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, a woman is not easy. She is horizontally accessible. Well, there you go. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> He's not afraid of commitment. No. He's monogamously challenged. Monogamously challenged, of course. That sounds much better. Okay, if a woman nags you, you don't want to say nag. That's not a good, good no, way to say it. it. No, it actually sounds more kind of like a like a horse. horse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She, does not, She does not nag you, she becomes orally repetitive. Right. Indeed. And finally, he does not hog the blanket. He is thermally unappreciative. Thermally unappreciative.、Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Nothing worse, though, than a blanket hogger in bed. Yeah. And actually, in Japan, it's hard not to have a blanket hogger because they've got this strange phenomena here <laughs> where <laughs> they've brought in the bed, right?、Yeah. But they haven't changed the size of the blankets. And the、uh-huh. blankets are all the size of a single futon because、uh-huh. they don't really have double futons. So, as a result, you've always got these big beds with small blankets on them. Oh, it's not good. No. It's a problem in society that needs to be addressed. It really should. Yeah. That's this week's politically correct jargon. All right. Yeah, there you go. So, I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Chavez. Oh, my God. What the hell was that? Now, this. Oh, that's loud. Is a hint、uh-huh. for this week's cowtail. Oh, what could it be? Ooh, I wonder. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for joining us this week. It's、uh, episode 69 of Planet Japan. Well, we have an exciting week ahead of us at the Moo Bar. We've got the, Octo- the Oktoberfest on Sunday.、Mm-hmm. 
And then after that, we're taking a group of people to Miyajima by sailboat. Oh, that little island where they've drugged all the deer. <laughs> they drugged the deer. They're, they're very passive. Well, yeah, and they eat plastic bags. Yeah, well, there you go. If you go to Miyajima, do not feed the deer plastic bags. No, it's not a good idea. But I've seen people do this, especially kids. They'll go up and they'll... Because the deer will eat anything. They're crazy. <laughs> but Miyajima's the, the big red tori gate... In uh-huh. the sea, it's very nice, and uh, it's, we're taking a group of people down. It's a 44-foot sailboat, mm-hmm. five people down, and we have actually a, a Planet Japan listener coming the way back. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. So we're taking three days for the way back, though, to do it a little bit more leisurely, stop at some islands along the way. Wow. Yeah, so the Shiraishi to Miyajima trip has proved to be pretty popular this year. Now, before we go on, I have an apology to make to one of our listeners. Oh, you've offended somebody again. Well, possibly. Oh, my God. Poor Dan in Colorado Mm. got a surprise email from me (laughs) that included my resume. Indeed. Looking for a a job, are you? (laughs) And he emails me. He's like, you know, (laughs) for some reason, I've just got uh, emailed your resume. Are you sure this has gone to the right person? Thank you, Dan, because indeed it did not. Uh, and so Dan had all my private details of my my work history, everything. Really? Yeah, in there. And um, turns out, and this is a caution to people, that it was the fault of the autocomplete on my email program. Autocomplete. How embarrassing. So Dan uh, was able to en- enjoy your resume. That's right. <laughs> a little uh, afternoon reading for him. That's right. And mm-hmm. it's quite embarrassing, yeah? Your resume is embarrassing? Wow. <laughs> to send your details out like that to someone who did not request them? Oh, it could have been worse. You could have been Mark Foley. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now that... That was embarrassing. That... Jeez, what a... Idiot. <laughs> he, is he our dick of the week? He should be. He should be. Yeah. He's the entire nation's dick of the week. Oh, gosh. He's the yeah. dick of the nation. But you got to love a, a big, fat, juicy Republican sex scandal right before the election. What else? I mean, this is heaven for... This is really what we needed yeah, as this Democrats. Is great. Yeah, exactly. Maybe people will finally open their eyes and see that the Republicans are not uh, all they are cracked up to be. There you go. <laughs> now, this week, I'm not going to moo. I'm just going to use this uh, bell instead. Okay, and then we'll, we will be able to judge, as listeners, which one is more annoying. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. My moo is just natural. Okay. So, so there's no mooing tonight. There isn't. I'm going to try not to anyway. That's a promise. I'm going to try. Okay. It's a mooless podcast. It, which would be the second one, <laughs> if it works. Now, we did, uh, speaking of Dick of the Week, we had uh, numerous uh, possibilities this week to choose from. There's too many dicks out there. It's making it difficult for us to choose which one truly deserves the honor. Yeah. Yeah. But my nomination for this week, for Dick of the Week, would be uh, the new education minister in Japan. Oh, that that would be Bumei Buki. There you go. Oh, that guy. I tell you. What a dick. What a dick. (laughs) You know, this whole Abe administration is not really looking that great, is it? It's looking like it's going to be another George Bush situation. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought that I would want Koizumi back, but my (laughs) gosh, you know, when you look at what's happened, you know, with the uh, ascension to the throne Mm -hmm. thingy, that's been thrown out the window now. Forget women ever ascending the throne. And now we've got this education minister who's just a bit wacko. I also heard that Japanese women are now going to be required to wear burkas. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this guy thinks that Japanese students should not have to learn a foreign language. 
And he's against this idea of starting to teach English in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Which no. they've done recently in the past That's right. couple years. Right. And, I mean, it's been this huge program that they've, you know, been bringing over extra teachers and stuff and starting to put them into elementary schools slowly. You know, at first just once a month and then once a week. And they're building up to this. And uh, now this guy comes in and says, ah, we don't need the English language. Mm-hmm. So he wants to reverse the whole process. Well, yeah, he's going back to this, you know, nationalistic, patriotic Japan, and he thinks that Japanese students don't write and speak Japanese well enough, which may be true, mm-hmm. but you would think that they could uh, fit in both of them, wouldn't you think? You would think. I mean, I wouldn't blame it on English. Yeah. So he wants to get rid of the English in the elementary schools. Right. To concentrate on really perfecting their Japanese. Yeah. That's his idea. He's trying to bring back the old Japanese values. And he says that, uh, and I quote, that Japanese are losing certain social norms, including the notion that relying too much on others is shameful, Ah. and that successful people should offer a helping hand to those who have tried to reach their goals but failed. So you should not rely on other people? That's his idea? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Asking people for help? Oh, my God. Hell no. No, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should, it should be like, you know, America, where, where parents throw their kids out of the house at 18. There you go. Here, you can live at home forever. Forever, exactly. And your parents love you for it. Sure. That's the amazing thing. A lot of times, they'll lock you in your room, not allowing <laughs> you to leave. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought, you know, this is really not what Japan needs. I mean, we're going backwards now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if this guy really can pull this off or... Or people are going to say, hey, wait just a minute, bozo. Well, he would be undoing the work that they've done for at least the past five years. Exactly. So he is this week's Dick of the Week. (laughs) Very nice. Thank you. Now, um, we did have a runner-up for Dick of the Week this week. Okay, we should, you know, it's always nice to have a a complimentary Mm -hmm. dickette that goes with the dicks. That's right. So we came up with this American woman. Yeah. (laughs) And I think... Dick is kind of, and Dickette is really politically correct, don't you think? Oh, for, sure. For calling people that are just complete idiots. Exactly. Yeah. And it sounds much better than calling them the Richard of the week, for example. That would make no sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't. Okay, and who do we have for uh, the Dickette of the week? Okay, this is a woman from New York State who recently visited uh, Kyoto. Oh, what a lovely city. Oh, it's a beautiful city. Yeah, all that heritage there and cultural history. But she had a shocking, I I tell you, shocking experience that just ruined everything. She wrote a letter to the Japan Times. She said, I would like to address the racism I was faced with on a recent visit to Kyoto. I'm a (laughs) well-dressed, if I do say so (laughs) myself. (laughs) I'm a well-dressed, educated, professional woman who was in Japan recently to visit my son who was studying there. People would not sit next to me on subways or trains. They pulled their children away <gasps> if I sat down. And they no. jumped. Yes, and they jumped up when they sat next to me, not knowing I was a foreigner until I turned in their direction, shocking <gasps> them. Ooh. It tainted my entire visit to Japan. It was tainted. I uh-huh. tell you, tainted. Tainted, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I could not appreciate the beauty or culture of a city whose inhabitants made it quite clear that I was something to be shunned. Now, this was just on the train, right? This was yeah. not like, you know, she was walking around to the beautiful temples and someone came up and tripped her, right? Exactly. Okay. Nobody slugged her or anything. Okay, yeah. I have been a high school teacher for 34 years and have faced many trying times. 
<laughs> As one would in, an <laughs> in that high school in New York. Yeah. But I have never felt the disgust I felt from the citizens of Kyoto. I have traveled to Europe every year for the last 20 years, and never have I felt so bad about visiting another country. My son would not be studying Japanese if I had filled him with the same hatred and dislike that the people of Kyoto have obviously taught their children. I felt very bad about leaving him behind in such a place. Oh my gosh, the poor kid. Mommy, mommy. She asked plaintively, Why did the citizens of Kyoto act the way they did? What is wrong with the people in Kyoto? Come on, people, get your act together. Well, actually, I think that we can answer her question Yeah, let's try. First of all, a lot of traveling is attitude, right? (laughs) Sure. Um, You can't just have this victim mentality, Mm -hmm. you know, that, oh, my God, everyone is out to get me and, you know, all that. Second of all, I've noticed that the Japanese people are very aware of people's behavior. When I go and into the train, I always ended up sitting next to the mentally deranged person because I just go and sit (laughs) wherever there's an open seat. Uh And then the Japanese notice even the slightest behavioral characteristics that, you know, are a little different. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I mean, and it's not just gaijin. It's even like, you know, if there's some young Japanese guy who comes in and he's kind of, he sits down and sprawls his legs out, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, no one's going to sit next to him. Right. I'm not saying she was doing that. No. <laughs> but <laughs> even little things like, you know, such as like your head kind of darting around and eye contact with a lot of people, mm-hmm. looking around a lot, out the window, this and that, people yeah. are going to be like, oh. I mean, if you look around at the Japanese people, they're all sitting there. You know, very silent, the head's tilted a little bit down, the knees are pressed together. I mean, it's just not, you know, they're not really comfortable about being around people that they don't know Mm -hmm. or that are a little bit different. Yeah. And I'm sure most uh, foreigners have experienced that to some degree where where people are a little reluctant to sit next to a foreigner. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they hate you. No, and I think no. that if um, if you try to adopt a few of the Japanese mannerisms also, that will help. Um, such as if you're going to go and sit down in, at an empty seat, if you would just kind of bow a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, say, sumimasen. <laughs> in that whisper voice, you know, especially for women, ah, sumimasen. There you go. You know? Well, I'm guessing this woman probably just smelled really bad. Well, that's another possibility, you yeah. know. Who yeah. wants to sit next to a smelly old woman? Come on. <laughs> In any event, this woman obviously has a giant stick up her ass. She, and she ought does. to just, just relax My God. and take it easy. And enjoy Kyoto. To think that that would have ruined her whole trip. Yeah. You know, I mean, her son, I mean, did she ask him if he liked it there? <laughs> she feels badly that she has to leave him behind in this terrible place. Mommy, mommy, yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay. So get, a, so, get a life. Get a grip. Yeah, get a yeah, grip. Exactly. And so congratulations, though, for being our Dickhead of the Week. Well, uh, we got, uh, once again, a very interesting and fun Japanese language gaffe that someone sent to us, wherein people confess to us their mistakes in Japanese that caused huge amounts of embarrassment for them. And this was sent in by Julian. And Julian says that um, actually this was not something that happened to Julian but someone else. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. The This person goes into a bus, right? <laughs> Man goes into a bus. <laughs> <laughs> walks into a bus and dies. And dies. <laughs> <laughs> Man walks into a bus. Uh-huh. And uh, he says to uh, one of the passengers, he meant to say, Oroshite kudasai. Which means you want to get off the bus. And um, instead he said, uh, kill me please. Kill me please. Kuroshite kudasai. <laughs> kill me now. <laughs> 
I can't take this bus ride. <laughs> That's right. Rude Kyoto passengers. I wonder if that old woman was on uh, on that bus. Maybe that's what she said. Maybe, Maybe this was her language gap. She was the one saying, kill me now. Yeah, and everyone was like, whoa, this woman's serious. Yeah. I can't take these Kyoto people anymore. Yeah. There you go. Kyoto <laughs> people are very sensitive. Indeed. Well, there you go. That's this week's Japanese language gaffe. <laughs> You've uh, been an English teacher for a number of years, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. Do you ever work for any of the big chain English schools? Nope. Never? Never. Okay. I've I did only for worked for universities. Okay. I worked for one of the big ones for a while. Did you? Yeah. Which one? Uh, I don't want to say their name, oh. but it starts with Eon. I see. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, one of the uh, more notorious language schools in Japan, one of the largest, maybe the largest, is uh, Nova, of you course. You mean Nova is bigger than Eon? I believe so. Oh, I could wow. be wrong. Mm. But I, I think, yeah, I think Nova is the, the biggest in terms of number of students. And they, they make all these kind of... Uh, Interesting, strange, weird commercials that you see on TV sometimes. Now, this is advertising their English language schools in Japan, mm-hmm. so they're targeted at Japanese listeners right. or yeah. watchers, come viewers. Our, that's what you think. Uh, yeah, they want people to come and and enjoy their English language lessons. Mm-hmm. So, the latest commercial on TV has uh, has got people wondering exactly uh, what the hell is going on. Why is that? Yeah, that's an interesting commercial. Now, I think the key here. And we're going to put a link on the blog so people can check out the commercial for themselves, of course. But the key here is, is it trying to be funny or is it being serious? Now, if it's trying to be funny, maybe I can understand it it a little more. It it is kind of weird. (laughs) Now, the point of the commercial is a Japanese, young Japanese girl comes upon a a foreign man who apparently has uh, gotten himself in some sort of trouble and appears to be trapped under a giant... uh, Metallic a thing. Something, yeah. Yeah. Barbed it's, wire, maybe? It's very odd. Something, yeah, strange. Yeah. Why he would walk into that, we don't know. Exactly. But. So this uh, young woman comes across him, and, and she goes up to him and says, Daijoubu desu ka? Are you okay? okay? Yeah. And uh, he looks at her, and he he pleads with her in English. Please, help me. I'm stuck. Please, I need help. And, and the woman uh, freaks out because she doesn't understand English, apparently. She runs to the nearest Nova <laughs> uh-huh. to learn English. Well, and then, uh, and then 12 weeks later, she can go back out go back and, and help, help the guy. I suppose so. That's, right. that's what's in her mind, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she, starts, she actually starts crying and runs to Nova because she can't help this guy because she doesn't understand English. So is it just a funny commercial or is it uh, kind of insulting to Japanese people who apparently can't help somebody who's obviously in distress, <laughs> even if they don't understand English. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, they would help someone if they were truly in distress. But this guy, it almost you know, looked like he might have been just a pervert or something, you know? <laughs> that could be. I mean, come on. He could have gotten himself out uh-huh. of that, you know, ah. wire thingy that he was in. So he was just trying to lure I think so. I young think women into his trap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that could be. I think it's a ploy. Yeah. Anyway, it's a pretty interesting commercial. We'll put it is, a, yeah. yeah. I'll put a link on the blog and people can check it out. Big thank you to our friends over at Japundant.com, which is where I found that commercial. Hey. Oh, is it time for a cowtail? Hey, it's time for cowtails. <laughs> Let's do a cowtail. Okay. Well, I have with me today something sent to me by Joseph Orr. Yes. Is it that noisemaker that we've been, <laughs> that That's we've right. been uh, listening to? Yeah. One of our very lovely listeners has sent me this cowbell. Uh-huh. 
And this cowbell is from Mississippi State University. I'll put a picture of it up on my blog mm-hmm. at thedailymoo.blogspot.com. These are cowbells that students have, and they take them to games and stuff? Well, first of all, let me read the cowtail to you because he sent this in and he says that Mississippi State University is often called Cow College because of their animal husbandry research. Ah. Who has animals as husbands? Oh. The guy in Russia. There you go. The guy who married the cow. He would be an animal husband. Yeah. If if he marries the cow. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. So I guess uh, Mississippi State is kind of famous for research in that area. I guess so. We should have hooked them up long ago. (laughs) And he says, history has it that during a football game in the early days of the university, play was interrupted when a cow wandered onto the field. Well, they tend to do that. They see a field, they just want, naturally want to wander onto it. Yeah, and he was probably trying to pick up some tips on football as mm-hmm, well. Sure. To take back to his pasture. Yeah. Since then, students and alumni ring cowbells at home football games to cheer on the team. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So we have here this uh, human-enhanced cowbell. This is what I like about it. I mean, it's a cowbell, but it has a handle on it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so that you can hold it up next to you and and Uh really cheer on your team. So just imagine how annoying thousands of these at the same time must be if if one is this annoying. (laughs) Well, I think it's... A great opportunity, actually, uh-huh. for people to see what it's like to be able to be a cow for, you know, a couple hours. Sure, I suppose Go so. and ring my bell. Uh-huh. Now, apparently, the, my bell. Uh, the mascot of this university is a bulldog. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Well, you've got a cowbell with a bulldog on it, yeah. right, painted on it, with a handle for humans. So, you know, it's, it's again, that animal... Husbandry. Right, thing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to discriminate, you know. No. It's so. a very nice cowbell. Yeah, isn't it lovely? Wasn't oh, that sure. so sweet of him to send that to me? Nobody ever sends cowbells to me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Joseph, and here's a big moo to you. Ready? Oh, you said you weren't going to moo. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's a big cowbell right. for you. All right. That's our cowtail for this week. Oh, very nice cowtail. Joseph. Ma. Oh, I heard that. Thought you could sneak it in, didn't you? <laughs> okay, we have a blog of the week this week. It's actually a podcast. It's a podcast that I was not aware of until this week, and it's called Trans-Pacific Radio. And it's uh, two guys, Garrett and Ken, and they have very uh, interesting discussions about Japanese politics. Great. This sounds interesting. Now, the thing is, uh, Japanese politics has the potential to be very boring, very dry, but these guys, they're very knowledgeable, and they have a way to make it uh, very interesting, and they have lively conversation, and they don't uh, get bogged down in the academic kind of discussion that, uh, you know, it's very it's very easy and fun to listen to. Okay, These great. guys know what they're talking about. But if you have any interest at all in Japanese politics, these are the guys you want to listen to, Garrett and Ken. Just go to transpacificradio.com, and you'll find their podcast over there. All right, that okay. sounds great. That's this week's blog of the week. Okay, this week's... Audio mnemonics is the kanji for sky. Oh, that's a good one. Which in Japanese is sora. There you go. And you'll often hear, for example, aozora, mm-hmm. which is uh, blue sky. Anyway, this is a great kanji because it looks just like Jimi Hendrix. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to. I mean, you have to see it to believe it. But <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. It looks like a guy standing with his legs apart and his arms out with the hands facing down. Uh huh. And he's standing on top of a giant 
capital letter I. Excuse me, me while, while I kiss the, the sky. sky. Now, is it kiss the sky or kiss this guy? <laughs> kiss the sky. Kiss the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kissing the sky. He is. Yeah, you're right. It looks exactly like Jimi Hendrix. It does. Oh, sure. I don't know how you could possibly mistake it for anybody else. Right. He's obviously playing the air guitar, though, because yeah. there's no guitar there. That's true. Well, he's just singing, though, you know? Yeah. So that's this week's audio mnemonics. Oh, that's very nice. Audio mnemonics kanji. M-O-O-O-O-O-O. Huh? <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> you're spelling it out now. Any other uh, business we need to take care of? Well, I just want to remind people, for those of you who do listen religiously to audio mnemonics yeah. <laughs> and are still having trouble with kanji sure. as a result, then you might consider joining my audio, Japan Light. Mm-hmm. The more people we have, the more fun things we can do. Of course. It's a great vocabulary builder, and it's based on my Japan Light column in the Japan Times. And the way it works is that I pick out 10 to 15 words from each column and talk about them in Japanese and then talk about the nuances in the language as well, such as when you put O in front of a word like obento or Mm -hmm. when you use sama instead of san and things like that. It's really a lot of fun. Cool. And, um, yeah, so go on over and and join us at Audio Japan Lite, which you can get to from the Dollar Bookstore at dollarbooks.tripod.com. I think we're ready to... Move on out of here. Move on out of here? Yeah. It's been another fun, exciting week. We will see everyone back here next week. Don't forget to come back. Don't just go about your life and completely forget about Planet Japan. We hate when that happens. They wouldn't forget us. No, I hope not. And we're going to close the show tonight with another song from Mr. Lee Coulter. It's called The Jeep Song, and I featured it uh, this week on my other podcast, Cream of the Crop, which, of course, you can find at creamofthecrop.com. CC. So thanks everyone. We will be back here next week. So long. I see a fair girl in a Jeep with a top down and wearing a braid in her hair, making people stare with stereo blaring on her way. She's on her way. She shares a smile that might outdrive the sun up with glaring. Ain't no carrying on my floor. This girl, there ain't no comparing. Upstairs from the boy down under and wondered if she came in and gave in to her craving. Would he ask her to stay and play? What could I say? Now she's in love, he can't get enough. He was above me, but sooner or later, them favors made them cave in and they were. to be
in the seat to the beat at the street light it's a side so sweet cause she treats everything like everything's on 